good morning and welcome to St. Matthew's Online down here on the Corso. Uh, it's great to have you with us today and it's great to have Trish here today. Trish, uh, how are you going? I'm well, thank you. <laughs> good. Actually, I'm very well. It's good to be here. Ah. <laughs> how are you, Trish? <laughs> I'm well, thank you, Andrew. It's good are to we, be here. Are we on there, Dave? Yep, great. <laughs> this <laughs> Just is having a few hiccups. <laughs> this is live. So you're well, that's great. Yeah, hey, um, um, it's a big time for us at St. Matt's launching a new series back yep. in the Book of Acts. And also for our state, we're calling it Freedom Day tomorrow. Yeah. Anything Very in particular? excited about that. Yeah, what are you excited yeah. about? Well, one of, the, um, one of the most exciting things is tomorrow is my granddaughter's birthday. Hey. And um, she has asked Papa to cook her a lamb roast. Wow. And because it's Freedom Day, we can do that. So it's really lovely to be able to welcome family and friends into our house once more. Um, my grandson this week said, Trish, why is the hair in your eyes? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I need a haircut. Um, and then the other thing that I'm really looking forward to is worshipping with other believers together yeah. in person. Yeah, I'm really great. looking forward to that. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. so it's, uh, I, I don't know what you're looking forward to at home. I'm looking forward to seeing some grandchildren tomorrow, although the weather's not looking great and we were planning an outdoor picnic. But anyway, um, our first song today is in a similar theme to the song that was the focus of our, our service last week. It was written during a time of great hardship in Germany in, uh, the, um, back in the 1600s. Uh, it's a great song, though, about uh, praising and thanking God. So let's, let's begin singing together with Thank We All Our God. things have done in whom is one 
Well, welcome again to St Matthew's Online down here on the Corso. Uh, for our guests, my name is Andrew Graham. I'm one of the ministers here. Uh, my focus is largely with the folks who normally meet here on a Sunday morning at 8am, uh, together with pastoral care across our whole church family. It's great to have you here. And it's great to see a, a few of you uh, dropping some comments in the chat line. Trish, who are we hearing from? Oh, we're hearing from Zabi, uh, from Sally. David Gardner said, Greetings, church family. May our time together this morning be a blessing and encouragement. Mark and, and Martin and Margaret and Virginia Stokes, Mark Benstead, um, John and Robin, and Virginia Stewart. Um, good morning to all our friends at St Matt's. We look forward to being with you each week and hope to see you now that restrictions are being lifted. Stay safe and well, Virginia and Jeff. So that's lovely. I was going to say too, Andrew, if anybody's having trouble with the chat, which we did just a minute ago. Yes. Um, if they need help, they can always ring in and speak to Michelle, Christina or Kathy, and they'd be delighted to help you with accessing chat line. Okay, so you can get in on office hours yes. uh, for yep. that during the week. Great. Yeah. Uh, so there's lots to look forward to this morning. Our Senior Minister, Bruce, will be launching our new series out of the Book of Acts, a very exciting part of the Book of Acts. We heard something about it at the teaching night last Wednesday night with David Peterson, which was a great launch to this series. And uh, what we're hearing today is about the way in which God reaches the most unlikely of people uh, through the power of the Spirit and the message of Jesus as it spreads all over the place. So we're looking forward to the start of that Beyond series. Uh, our reading will be given by our Trisha's husband, John, also known as Papa, I understand. And uh, uh, so we'll be meeting John as well a little later in the service. But right now what we're going to do is we're going to read a psalm together, a psalm which really celebrates the wonder that God has made himself known to us by all sorts of means, but especially by his word. And you'll notice right at the end there's a prayer that we listen well to God's word. So please join Trish and I as we read from Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It's wonderful that God has made himself known to us in such a way that we can be confident he hears us as we pray. Uh, so Trish is now going to lead us in some matters of concern. We read in 2 Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 9, that the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Lord, strengthen us today to hear your word and bring you glory. Gracious God, you are the ruler of all nations. 
you have raised up Dominic Perrottet and Paul Toole to be our newly elected Premier and Deputy Premier, and Deputy Premier for the New South Wales Parliament. Father, what a massive task they have before them in maintaining the safety and welfare of this state. We ask that you give them wisdom, courage and patience as they build their team and as they make the many decisions that will affect our communities. We especially pray for the process of opening up the state, the hospital system and for all those who are on the front line. Please cover both men with your protection. May Dominique Perrottet continue to find solace and strength through you and your Holy Spirit. Help the government to strive for and maintain the qualities of democracy so dear to us all, for freedom to speak, for truth, for justice and for peace. We now think about our church and for Alpha. Lord, as we begin our new sermon series from the Book of Acts, we give thanks for your loving plan to bring eternal life to people everywhere by the good news of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for David Peterson, his knowledge and his ability to enlighten us last Wednesday night on the background to the passages we will be studying over the next few weeks. We pray for our leaders and especially for Bruce today as they endeavour to teach us how the book of Acts can apply to our lives now. Father, once again, we thank you for the Alpha series. We thank you for the technology that has enabled us to run it again this year, starting next Tuesday online. We give thanks for the dedicated team of volunteers led by Suzanne. We pray that they will be able to show your love to all who come. May the leaders help open their eyes to your plan for the world. We pray for those people who may take advantage of the online format, especially those who may be shy, shut in, single parents or anyone who for some reason may not be able to come to a face-to-face -face Alpha course. By your spirit, open closed minds and soften hearts so that many may come to know your gift of salvation in Christ. Loving Father, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Word. Thank you. May it be a lantern to our feet, a light to our path and strength to our lives. Take and use us to love and to serve all people in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. We're now going to read the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Well, it's time now for some notices. And the first thing is just to say to you, if it's your first time here at St Matthew's Online, how glad we are to have you here and how much we'd appreciate uh, knowing that you've been here. And uh, you could do that by using the uh, online Connect card uh, uh, using the QR code there, which will appear later uh, in the service. And you can also find a little bit lower down on your screen if you're not in full screen mode. Uh, but we'd love to know that you've been here so that we can be in contact with you. And of course, if there are any ways in which we could help any of you who are listening today and watching, uh, please be in contact with us. Use the online connect card there or get in touch with us through the week uh, at the office uh, on, on phone or by email. And the details are on the website. Uh, but welcome, especially if it's your first time here today.
There's a couple of things coming up this week to let you know about. Really exciting that this Tuesday night we launch the next round of the Alpha course, uh, this time online. And just to give you a sense of um, the opportunity that this offers, we're going to see a short video of Jaden uh, and her story after she was invited by a friend to join the course that we ran earlier this year. Alpha changed everything in my life. My name's Jadan. Um, I grew up in beautiful Manly in Sydney. Um, I have two beautiful daughters um, and a husband. And um, the biggest influence in my life was my precious mum. I was in a very, very dark place. Um, <clears throat> I was pretty broken. Um, I'd had a lot of trauma. Uh, I'd lost my mum. Um, I was going through um, a difficult and challenging time with my daughter um, and I wasn't, I wasn't in a very happy place at all. Um, I felt I'd lost myself, I didn't know who I was um, and it was a really, really hard time. I actually met an incredible um, lady, yeah, she was one of my youngest daughter's um, mothers and she actually reached out to me, she had a dream um, and she reached out to me through a text. Um, and it was just, it was incredible. Um, her dream was about that I was sitting in my kitchen with broken crockery all around me. Um, she couldn't get to me. Uh, she saw that I was hopeless um, and that I was really struggling and pretty much that my world had crumbled around me. Um, and in her text, she just told me that God loved me, um, that he was there for me. And so through that, um, I connected with her and we met for a coffee and she told me about Alpha. So Alpha is, um, it's a nine week course <clears throat> and I was, I was a bit, probably a little bit nervous. I didn't really know what to expect when I attended. Um, but as soon as I walked into the room, I just felt this incredible warmth and just this, just this love. Everyone um, was, was so amazing and just so genuine and willing to talk. You know, I had some questions, I had some doubts. Um, there were things that, you know, I, I wanted to ask people and I think what was really beautiful about Alpha was you could ask the big questions um, and you were welcome to be open and question faith um, and Christianity. So, you know, no one was afraid of the hard questions and, you know, there were people from all different walks of life. Uh, there were some people that didn't believe, there were people that believed, but what was beautiful, it just gave you a really open and comfortable space to express yourself. Alpha really changed everything for me. Um, it gave me peace. I started to find myself again. You know, I, I did grow up with um, God and Jesus in my life. My mum was a very, very big believer. Um, they were always present in her life. So I did have that faith, but sadly I sort of moved away from it um, through my struggles and, um, and in my dark days. But I think what was beautiful is when I went to Alpha, um, I reconnected with God again. And um, where I thought he wasn't there, I knew he was, and he was there in my darkest days. You you know, when I look back, there were so many moments um, through some of my dark times and of course also my, my joyous times where, you know, God was calling out to me 
and I knew through him sending his son Jesus, he was calling out to the world and all of us. And Alpha, going to Alpha was when um, I made that step and I learned that all I needed to do um, was reach out. I, I wasn't a person that used to pray. Um, and going to Alpha, I started to learn and understand how to actually really pray to God. And, you know, I think the beautiful thing was, you know, through talking to some of the, the uh, members that went there, you know, I always so, sort of thought you, you know, there was a specific way you had to pray, but really I learned it's just about talking to God. Um, and you can do that anywhere. You can do it while you're walking, you can do it at the beach, you can do, you can go down on your knees, but I just started talking to God. I started to pray and that's when things really changed for me. I now catch up with these beautiful ladies that I met. Um, we talk, um, I'm actually doing Bible study now with them, which is something I never thought I would do. But I used to be a person of big control um, and I have essentially handed handed over my, my will and my life to God. I used to worry, I used to stress, but now I know that um, God is always with me and, and always giving me direction and guidance. Um, I feel very, truly, truly blessed. Um, and my life is just so much better and I'm, I'm happy again. So Jaden's story is a great example of what a difference it can make to know the God who made us and loves us uh, through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Alpha Course is a great way of getting to know him. So it might be that you've heard Jaden's story and you, you're, you're thinking, well, I'd like to do that course. It, it runs for an hour on Tuesday nights for the next eight Tuesdays, uh, beginning at eight o'clock. You would need to register and you can do that online um, at, at, on the St. Matt's website. But it might also be that you're listening to Jaden's story and you're just thinking, there is a friend I've got that I would love to take to that course. You could send them a link uh, so that they could register also online uh, so that, that they can kick start it on, um, on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. Uh, before we read the Bible, uh, we're going to sing. Uh, so uh, why, don't you, why don't you stand up there at home and, uh, and sing uh, together with Margaret and Martin and with Barb.
John sitting next to me, also known as Papa. <laughs> Grumpy Papa. Grumpy Papa. Uh, John, um, uh, we, we also heard that you're married to Trish. Last time Trish was on, we heard a bit about her story. She'd been the director of a preschool for many years. Now she's on our staff team part-time, helping to coordinate some of our kids' ministry. You've also had a change from being full-time uh, principal of a physiotherapy practice. You're still in that practice, but a couple of years on... You're someone else's principal and you're just there part-time. What's that been like for you, that change? It's, it's been a remarkable blessing that God, in his timing, has brought someone into the practice at a time after 30 years of running my own practice. I was very happy to transition into working a few days a week. It's freed me up for family, for grandchildren, for aged parents, and to be available for, for what God has in store. Sounds like a great blessing to be able to hand the work over but still do what you love, but someone else to carry responsibility for Absolutely. the whole... Absolutely. I've got a tremendous... It's a generational change. There's a young man who's coming to the yeah. practice and uh, he's just doing a great job. And it's, it's, it's all in God's timing. I've been waiting for this for a long time. And it, it's, the provision is extraordinary and I find myself really blessed and very happy. I'm also starting a carpentry apprenticeship. Yeah. <laughs> In my dotage. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice to hear about that one other day sometime. Hey, look, it's been lovely having you at 8 o'clock church, and I'm sure lots of people who've been here for ages are, are just glad to meet you. But would you bring the Bible reading for us now? I'm really happy to. Thank you. Uh, if you'd like to go to the book of Acts in your Bibles at home, we're reading from Acts chapter 10, verses 23 to 48. It's a fairly long reading. The next day... Peter started out with them and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said, I am only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. 
So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we're all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went along doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that anyone Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptised with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Good morning everyone, great to be there, great to be here with you. Let me just get myself organised. Thank you John for reading. Well we are one day away from lockdown ending and I think I'm like everyone else, I can't wait to go to the barber, let's be honest. <laughs> it's been a long time. Anyway. Um, I'm going to pray and we're going to start our new series called Beyond, looking at these middle sections of the book of Acts. Father, we do thank you for all your love towards us and I thank you for these great chapters, these great stories of the gospel going out, of people coming to faith. May they encourage our hearts and strengthen us in our desire to be your servants so that we might be involved to grow your church through the gospel. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, we're returning to the book of Acts. We were here about five years ago in 2016 looking at the first nine chapters. And for the next eight weeks, we're looking at chapters 10 through to 19. They are great chapters to look at. Uh, we've normally had our commitment series at this time of the year, which uh, we're not running this time because of lockdown and because of numbers of things associated with that, which we're unable to do. Though we will be raising money for missions later in the term. I'll talk about that in a couple of weeks' time. 
But let me just say, um, to quote Big Kev, I'm excited. And uh, I am excited because I love the book of Acts. It's one of my favorite books in all of Scripture. And I think because it's got such great stories in it of the gospel going out. And I was thinking about it uh, in terms of uh, why doing it this term. And there's no doubt, I think, in our minds uh, and our experiences, we've been through a very tough time. Uh, I think we're 19 months into this pandemic, but in particular, we're 15 weeks into this third lockdown. And one of the realities is, I think we've been all asking ourselves, are we okay? And that's been a very appropriate and very needed question to ask, to really check in on each other in terms of our mental health and how we're going. But at some point, uh, as lockdown finishes, we need to start looking outwards. And there's no doubt um, we're going to be able to go beyond the front curb of uh, many businesses where we've been standing there being served. We're going to go beyond that. And we want to be a church that's going beyond our front doors out into the world to take the gospel to it. It is our vision that we would grow God's church through the gospel. And the book of Acts is such a great encouragement for us to be involved in getting the gospel out to the world. And so I'm looking forward to it doing that to us. But I think also we live in a very secular time uh, in the history of Australia. And I think we can sometimes think people are too far away from the gospel. People are too hardened to the gospel to actually come to faith. And one of the things that the book of Acts is going to do for us is remind us through these incredible stories that there is no one who is too far away, too hardened, too close to the gospel, God has a power that can break through even the hardest of hearts. And we're going to see that today just in this first story, uh, because we need that encouragement that the book of Acts will bring us, that God still can work powerfully through his gospel, and the stories are great reminders of that. And I've called this message, The God Who Saves. And in particular, we're looking at chapters 10 to 11. Now, it is a long section of scripture. Now, This is probably one of the longest stories in all of the book of Acts. Uh, It's actually repeated twice if you read chapter 10 and 11. But it's the one story about the Roman centurion Cornelius coming to faith in Christ. Now John's read kind of the middle section and I'm going to pick up the story from the very beginning of chapter 10. But there's four things that struck me as I read through the book of Acts chapter 10 to 11. And they are these. Firstly, God is more eager to save people then we had to reach them. It's a sad truth, but it is, I think, actually the reality that God is far more willing to save people than we are to reach them. Secondly, God uses people to save people. Thirdly, he actually uses a message as well to save people. And last, he confirms that salvation by the giving of his Holy Spirit. Let's think about that first thing. Uh, God is more willing to save people than we are to reach them. Uh, I'm going to pick up the story from uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 1. If you've got your Bibles there, do open them up. And let's go back from what we actually had read to the beginning of the story in chapter 10, verse 1. Let me read it to you. Verse 1. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion, in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. And so we're introduced to uh, this Gentile. Um, He's a God-fearer. He most likely had attached himself to the synagogue. And so there's a real sense of which he's got a real openness to the things of God, uh, particularly from the Jewish people. And we read um, that he is the one who is actually the story he's going to focus on over these next two chapters. But what needs to be said is, uh, when you go back to the very beginning of the book of Acts, Uh, The disciples had been given this commission by the Lord Jesus that they were to take 
uh, the message of the gospel, they were to be his witnesses. And we read in verse 8 of chapter 1, he says this, This is the Lord Jesus. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And while Caesarea was not exactly the ends of the earth, it was on the coast, sort of uh, tucked away uh, in the northwest corner of Israel. It really was a port city that was a gateway to the Roman world. And it was the beginning of the way into the ends of the earth. And that's where this Roman centurion from the Italian regiment, Cornelius, was stationed. And chapters 10 and 11 are this highly significant story because it marks the beginning really of the church expanding from its Jewish roots into the Gentile world. Now, at the time that the story takes place, the early church was, for all intents and purposes, stuck in Jerusalem and Judea. Uh, As I said, they'd been told that they need to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. Well, they'd gone beyond Jerusalem. They'd gone to Judea. There had been one Gentile converted, which was the Ethiopian eunuch. But that hadn't done anything significant in terms of the expansion of the church into the rest of the world. It was struggling, you could say, to get beyond itself. They were stuck there. And Cornelius has an angel who comes and speaks to him. And so I'll pick up in verse uh, 4 to 8. Verse 3. One day at about 3 in the afternoon, uh, Cornelius had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius... And Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and bring back a man named Simon, who is also called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. And so this God-fearing man, Cornelius, is spoken to by God with an angel. And he's instructed, go down, send some men down to um, Joppa. And there's a person there called Simon, also known as Peter. You ought to get him and bring him to you. So that's all Cornelius knows. And so the story then transitions to what's happening with Peter because um, Cornelius does this. He sends some men down to Joppa. And we read the next day, uh, as the men are going down, about noon, Cornelius' men are on their journey. And they approach the city. And at that time, Peter goes up on the roof to pray. And I'm reading here from verse 10 in chapter 10. Peter became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. And so the men are coming down from Cornelius. They've almost arrived. And this is what happens. Peter's in a trance. Verse 11. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being set down on earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter. Kill. Eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter said. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. And then I read from verse 15. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. And so God gives Peter this dream. And it's of all the food that he was not allowed to eat as a faithful Jew. And God is saying to him, get up and eat it. And Peter is just completely confused by it. And it happens three times. And I think he would have been upset. Like, what are you doing, God? You know I'm not allowed to do this. The law of Moses forbids it. 
but yet he knows he's being instructed. And at that point in time, the men from Joppa, uh, sorry, from uh, Caesarea arrive at Joppa and they find Peter. Now, I'm not going to read all of the text. I encourage you to do that after the service. But Peter realizes that these men have been sent by God and God speaks to him by his Holy Spirit and says, you need to go with these men back to Caesarea. And Peter knows this is exactly what he's got to do. And I want, to, want you to listen to what Peter learns from this whole episode because it's profound. Verse 28. Uh, sorry, I've just missed my slides. Uh, verse 28. No. I've got the wrong one there. Let's just listen to verse 28. God has shown me what I should not call impure, unclean. Uh, and in verse 34 and 35, he says this, Now I realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. And what strikes Peter and what, he, what insight he is given is that the people he formerly thought were unclean, that he formerly thought he couldn't go and eat with, God wants to save And you see, deep in his psyche, he just thought they've got to become like us if they're going to become God's people. Uh, They've got to take on the yoke of Judaism and the yoke of the law of Moses. But what he learnt was that God does not show favoritism. He does not see anyone as being impure or unclean. All of us are the same before him in the sense that we've all got sin. But there's no special person who is more further away than God, than someone else. And I love that verse, uh, verse 34, I realize that God does not show favoritism. And you see, God doesn't discriminate when it comes to saving people. He's not interested in people's social status, their religious backgrounds, their nationality, their skin color. He loves us all and he sent his son to die for us all. And more importantly, he is far more willing to save people than we are to go to them. And you stop and think, why is it that the church in Jerusalem and Judea, though they had been explicitly commissioned by God through the risen Lord Jesus Christ to be his witnesses to the end of the earth, did not go there. They were basically stuck in their own backyard. God has to bring this supernatural occurrence about to kick them out of their backyard and get them speaking to people who are not Jewish. And I think it's because of the prejudices uh, that we have as people. And let me say, I think we are no different. And God is far more willing to save people than we are to go to them. And let me say, the story of Cornelius was so significant, it's actually repeated twice in the book of Acts. Probably the biggest issue that features on nearly every page of the New Testament in terms of the letters is the question of how Gentiles can be accepted into the family of God. And is this legitimate? And you see, for us, the issues that we are confronted today with are many in terms of the Christian faith. People think there's, just, uh, there's not one way, there's many ways to God if they think there is a God. Uh, the exclusivity of Christ and his message is something that's laughed at today. The claim that Jesus is God is another claim disputed today. But you see, the big issue for the Jews of the day was, how was it possible for Gentiles to become part of the people of God and not take on the yoke of the law of Moses? 
that was their big issue. They kept thinking they've got to become like us. And God is teaching people, no, the message of grace is for all people and you need to go to them. I want you to stop and think particularly now about that video that you just watched with Jaden. It is a powerful story. Uh, it's a great, if I can say, invitation for people to come to Alpha. And if you're watching and you're not sure of the Christian faith, do come and join us online. But what's starting is, um, Suzanne didn't even know her name properly when she had that dream. I spoke to Suzanne just um, in the lead up to this. And when she texted her, it was like, I'm Elise's mum. She just knew her as the mother of one of the girls that her daughter was friends with from school. And that's how she found the number. But the dream she had was so vivid and it was so unusual. It's not something that usually happens for Suzanne. She just knew it was from God and she just knew she had to text this lady that she had no idea about. And the interesting thing was she had the dream at three in the morning and she could not sleep after it and she texted Jaden at six in the morning. She said partly just so she could go to sleep. And what she didn't realise was how profound that message was and how timely it was. And she followed it up with an invitation for coffee and the video tells the story. Well, why the dream that Cezanne had? Why the dream that Cornelius had? Uh, sorry, that uh, Peter had? Why the conviction by God's Holy Spirit that she had to send the text? Well, it's because God is more willing to bring people into the kingdom than we are to go to them. And it just reminds us and challenges us, who are the people around us that we can be going to, who we can be sharing with? And I think one of the challenges of this passage is to open our eyes and to see the people around us that God wants to bring into our lives so that we can be used by him to reach them. You see, nothing happens by accident and the relationships we currently have can all be ones that God uses to bring others to himself. Which leads me to my second point. Um, God uses people, sorry, I've jumped ahead, to save people. I'm not very good on my slides this morning, sorry. God uses people to save people and God used a person, not an angel or a dream, to save this new people group. And it was a profound jump that took place in terms of the gospel going to this Roman centurion. And I think that there is a fascination with this story because of the supernatural elements with it. You know, there's the angel that comes to Cornelius. There's the very vivid dream that um, Peter has. And it would be easy to think that that's all we need to have to have some sort of supernatural encounter for us and then I will go and speak to someone. And you might say, well, you also just showed a video of someone having a dream and then going to someone. Well, yes, I did. But let me say, that is very unusual. That's not what normally happens for Cezanne. It's not what normally you see happening with the Apostle Peter. They, after this, learned from this and they just went out on mission. And what we're going to see as the book of Acts unfolds is uh, that the gospel goes out because people take the message out. And the word of the gospel was transported to people via the Apostle Peter. He actually had to go. And that's what we read in verse 19. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I've sent them. And Peter has to go. 
He's got to get out of his house in Joppa. He's got to walk up to um, um, Corn, uh, Cornelius' place up at Caesarea. He's got to go into the house and he's got to speak to them. Uh, people don't magically get saved. Someone, somewhere, tells them the gospel. That's what happens. I was thinking about my own experiences of people coming to faith. And one of the things I love to ask people is how they became a Christian. And I think 99.9% .9 of the conversations I've had and the stories I've heard involve someone, somewhere, at some time, going to someone else and being a witness, being the one who loves them, being the one who shows them that Christianity is real and speaking to them the name of Jesus. I can only think of one story in all of the stories I've heard of someone who just picked up the Bible by themselves and read it and was converted. Now, no doubt people do that, but at some point, somewhere, someone has gone to them. And this is what you see with Peter, and it's what you're going to see through the rest of the book of Acts, people going to others with the gospel. And it's worth saying there was a cost for Peter. Uh, after he had done this, he was criticized by the church back in Jerusalem. He has to go back there and explain his actions and to justify what's happened. But that should not prevent us. It should not stop us. Even though there will be a cost, there will be opposition. We're going to see that in two weeks' time. God is calling us to go with the gospel. But thirdly, God uses a message to save people. Though Cornelius was a God-fearing man who detached himself to Judaism, who was most likely going to the synagogue, he still needed to be saved. And when Peter goes there, what he does is he meets them, there's some formalities, and then he shares the gospel. And I love the way it begins. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And no doubt, uh, because uh, Cornelius was in Caesarea, it's right up in the northwest part uh, of Judea, he would have heard something of the message of Christ. And so Peter starts that way. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace, the gospel of peace, the message of peace, through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And what Peter does is basically tell him the gospel. In abbreviated form, I'm sure what we have was expanded in real life when Peter met with Cornelius. And what he does is tell him three things. He firstly tells him about what Jesus did and he references the fact that he went around doing good and healing people under the power of the devil. But he also talks about who Jesus is. He is not just Jesus, son of um, Joseph, Jesus of Nazareth. He is Jesus the Christ. He is the King. He also says in verse 42, he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. And whenever you read through the speeches in the book of Acts, and there's numbers of them, they typically mention the judgment of God. There is something very striking about it. They're not ashamed to say it. And they're not afraid to say it. There's a cutting edge to their message. And listen to what he says. He is the one, this is Jesus, who is appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. And we mustn't be afraid to mention this because there is an urgency about the gospel. 
when you read Peter's first speech, which is in Acts chapter 2, it finishes by describing him as warning and pleading with tears, accept the message because he knows there is only one name given under heaven by which we can be saved, the name of Jesus. And he is the judge. There's a reality of hell that I'm sure they spoke of. But let me say that's not the last thing he says to Cornelius. In verse 43, we read this. All the prophets testify about him, that's Jesus, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Now let's put this together. Jesus is the one whom God sent to the world to bring the good news, to bring the message of peace. Jesus is the one who's died on the cross. Jesus is the one who has risen again. Jesus is the one who is judged. In other words, he is the one. And how does he finish? He wants to forgive you. That's what Peter says to Cornelius. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Now it's stunning what takes place next. We read in verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on Gentiles. And I think what took place is this. Cornelius is sitting there, he's listening. His friends and family, they're listening. And they hear of this Jesus who is the king. And he's also the judge. And then they hear that he is the one who wants to forgive them. And forgiveness is offered to all who believe. And they just believe. You can just see their hearts melting responding and they're believing this message and that's what the message calls us to do to simply accept him to believe him and turn to him and repent and God knows their hearts and just pours out his Holy Spirit upon them and Peter and his group are astonished because before their own eyes these Gentiles are converted and the same experience they had back in chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost these Gentiles are now having in front of them and when Peter gets called back to Jerusalem to report on what's happened he tells them this is what happened I spoke to them and the spirit came down on them the same way he came on us and that's why I baptized them and you see that is the power of the message it speaks of the God who is, who is over us all, who is the king and the judge. But the gospel is a word of grace. And it brings us the message of salvation and forgiveness of sins. And that message can melt even the hardest of hearts. And that's why such a beautiful story, the one of Jadens. She was far from God. She turned her back on God. But yet as she was drawn in and invited to hear, on week four, which is the week that talks about saving faith, she just responded and believed herself and gave her life to God. And she has been totally transformed. And what's been stunning is, for three months she hasn't seen her friends because of lockdown. She gave up drinking the day she was converted. And they cannot believe the transformation that's taken place in her. Why? Because of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's the final thing I want us to briefly look at. You see, when God comes 
and he speaks to people and he saves people, what does he do? He confirms that salvation in their hearts and minds and in their lives by giving them the Holy Spirit. And that's why we've got those words there recorded for us. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. And there's no doubt that what happened to them was very dramatic. And I take it it was dramatic because it was, if I can say, the Gentile experience of the day of Pentecost. And it was teaching the church that what is good for the Jew is good for the Gentile. You are the same. You've responded to the same message and I have responded in the same way to you and I've given both of you the Holy Spirit. Now some people do speak in tongues, some people don't. We know that from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's not a gift that's given to everyone, but what is given to everyone is the gift of the Holy Spirit. We all have him in our lives to confirm, just as he did that day with Cornelius and his friends and family, that they belong to God. He confirms in our hearts and minds that we belong to God. And so the gift of the Holy Spirit is given to us so that we might know our sins are forgiven, that we'd have that assurance. He is given to us so that we know we have that security of eternity before us. And he is given so that we know that God is with us. And that is the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. And he is given to us. This is the God who saves. He is far more willing to save than we are to go. But yet in his supernatural sovereignty and wisdom, he involves us, he calls us, and he pushes us out in mission. Because God uses people to save and he uses his message to save. Because he wants to bring people into his kingdom this is the god who saves and friends this is the god that we need to be serving and that we need to be taking his message of salvation to the world let me pray father we do thank you for this wonderful story of salvation and we thank you that you are far more willing to save than we are to go and so father do convict us about that and cause us to have hands and hearts and mouths and feet that are ready to go and want to go and do go to share your love and your grace and the message of salvation with those around us. Convict us, strengthen us and enable us to do that. And may we be involved as you grow your church through the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. And we're now going to sing.
it's been nice to have people uh, checking in on the chat uh, section. Uh, lovely to hear from uh, Anne-Marie. Yeah, thank you, Bruce. Uh, that was such a helpful message to launch our series. And it's lovely to hear from John Jones. We are looking forward to seeing each other face-to-face, -face, but just to be clear, Bruce, in his email, made it clear uh, on Friday uh, that we'll be continuing our online services through October, and it, it'll be the first week of November uh, that we begin, we begin in-person services down here at St. Matthew's. Trish, um, it was great to hear God's word from the book of Acts. It certainly was. Anything that um, especially grabbed you? Yes, um, I thought that, you know, just the, the message and the reminder that God does not show favouritism. Ah, yeah. yeah. Um, that his message is for everyone that accepts mm. Jesus as our Lord and our judge. And I just thought it was just fantastic the way that Suzanne responded to the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's there for us. It pushes us out there. Mm. And she responded to it and now Giadin's a Christian. She's saved. Mm. She'll be in heaven with us, and I just, you know, I just think what a wonderful um, example it was mm. for all of us to see um, that the Holy Spirit can, yeah, really work in our lives, work in G. Aiden's lives, and, yeah. and work continually on from there. It's really interesting that those words struck you because it's like they jumped out of the, the page, the, the words, God does not show favoritism. Mm. And just that message that... Uh, uh, the coming of Jesus makes all the difference. That he's the judge of the living and the dead, but he's a judge who wants to forgive us, yes. who's gone to extraordinary lengths to forgive us. And what a fantastic yeah, message. Such a humble judge and yeah. such a loving judge. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we look forward to yeah. part two of this series of uh, Beyond uh, next week. Right now, we're going to entrust one another to God's care uh, using the words of the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Now pretty soon we'll appear up there.